Blog Talk Radio. It's time now for the Conqueror's Cafe Show. Your hour of empowerment and inspiration with your host, Twyla Reed, author of Broken Wings. Here we encourage you to spread your broken wings and keep soaring by the power of God as you transform your tragedies into empowering moments. Thank you for joining us today. We are here every Sunday night at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have a very special guest today that's here to share their testimony of hope and healing with us all. So don't move because you are definitely in for a treat today here on the Conqueror's Cafe. Well, good evening, everyone, and happy Sunday. Welcome, welcome to the Conqueror's Cafe radio show. I am your host, Twyla Reed, also known as your Tragedy to Strategy mentor. Happy Sunday. What an awesome day to just give God thanks for just being God all by himself. As you all know, I'm the author of Broken Wings, which is a true story of a mother's unwavering love for her son in the aftermath of a horrific car accident, which left him in a coma, paralyzed, and with a severe traumatic brain injury. That mother and son is my son and I, and this book is our journey through his recovery. It is our testimony of hoping, healing, of how we use prayer and perseverance to really overcome the hardships that we endured during that time. I'm also the founder and CEO of Broken Wings Incorporated, a 501c3 nonprofit organization established to provide awareness about traumatic brain injuries to communities while providing support, resources, tips, and prevention insights. We educate, empower, and enlighten brain injury survivors, caregivers, and family members by teaching them how to create the life they desire in spite of the challenges and devastation that accompany head injuries. We provide real-time working strategies to ideal well-being. Another one of my books, What Do You Do When Caregivers Need Caregiving? As you all know, November was Family Caregivers Awareness Month. And last year, God placed it upon my heart to write a book. I was sitting one day and just really having a tough time. And I was like, Lord, you know, I'm the caregiver, but what happens when the caregiver needs caregiving? And God downloaded instantly at that moment the title for this book. You know, so many times we as caregivers, we never stop to realize the importance of taking care of ourselves while taking care of others. And being a caregiver now for over 18 years, I was one who always put my needs on the back burner. Whether that need was self-care or just taking a moment to just walk outside and get a breath of fresh air or just shaking myself and say, hey, get it together. I had really lost myself in the caregiving process. In this book, you're going to walk away with the peace of mind and reassurance needed to continue on your caregiving journey. And today, guys, I tell you, uh, we have some amazing ladies here with us. Um, I have several other books, and I would just like to invite you guys to please visit my website. Uh, we have a 31-day devotional, which we'll be reading from today, Soaring by the Power of God. Again, it's a 31-day devotional designed to enable you to soar 
as events of your life are transformed into empowering moments. Through daily readings and guided prayers, the intention is for you to increase your self-control, discover happiness and hope, and refocus your life on the things that really matter. This devotional was written for both men and women who are seeking a more intimate relationship with God. Happy Sunday, happy Sunday, happy Sunday. I don't know about you guys, but I tell you, I am excited on today. We have an amazing show lined up. It's been an amazing day today here in Savannah, Georgia. And here on the Conference Cafe, we highlight authors, entrepreneurs, as well as survivors of traumatic events who made it out victorious, and now they're here to share their testimony of hoping healing with the world. They just want to offer encouragement and inspiration to others as they travel their own personal journey. So for today's episode or any of our other episodes, please visit our website at www.conquerorscafe.com. We also invite you to like, follow, and share on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash Cafe. And if you're someone that you know can experience a tragic event, I invite you to contact me. Let's create the life that you desire in spite of the challenges that you may be facing so that you too can become the strategist of your own destiny. It is now time, guys, for our devotional reading. And I would love to um, invite you guys to if you have uh, a pen and pencil, to jot this scripture down, 1 Peter 5 and 7. 1 Peter 5 and 7. And I'm going to be reading from the Good News Translation, and it says, Leave all your worries with him because he cares for you. I'm going to repeat that. Leave all your worries with him because he cares for you. Now, because today is a special day and our guests today are some very special ladies, and uh, I tell you, we've really built a bond because we have something in common. And we're going to be talking about caregiving. And what better way uh, to start this off than with this scripture And I want to talk a few moments uh, from the topic, he cares for you. Have you ever had someone to tell you to call someone who cares? Maybe you've not said those words to anyone, but I bet you have felt this way before, right? We all have felt uncared for at some point in our lives, and I'm glad that the writer Peter tells us that we have someone to call when we feel like no one else cares. You can be sure that Jesus cares for you. No matter where you find yourself in life, he truly cares for you. God wants us to cast all of our cares upon him because he cares for us. You do not have to be bowed down with the burdens and cares because God will bear them for you. He does not want you to be worried about anything. He wants you to make your requests known to him through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. He doesn't want you to live a restless life without peace. He wants you to relish his peace, which surpasses all understanding and joy, even in the midst 
of difficult conditions. God wants us to give him all of our cares, concerns, and issues, and problems because he understands our weaknesses. But he also wants to demonstrate to us his strength and his power. Now, I know sometimes it seems as if the Lord has really forgotten about us. I know this caregiving journey can be very hard, and sometimes it just seems as if Jesus has just left us out to dry. But the Bible tells us that he would never leave us nor forsake us. He may not show up when he wanted to, but when he does show up, he is always on time. We must never, ever believe that God doesn't care about us. Just because he lets us face tough situations from time to time, he always, always has a plan for our lives. And I know it may be hard to understand how such a big God can be aware of the little teeny tiny details of our lives. How can the one who created everything be mindful of little us? I know it takes some faith to see this, but you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God knows who you are. You can be confident that he cares for all that you do or think. God not only cares for us, but he cares what happens to us, and he will fight our battles when he needs to. Being a Christian doesn't set us apart from heartache or pain. Being a Christian doesn't uh, mean that we're not going to have tribulations, but we have a God who will help us through these times of trials and tribulations. And all he wants us to do is to cast our burdens on him. We have to do more than just say this. We have to actually do this and have faith that he will indeed make everything okay. God's love for us empowers us to live joyfully no matter what troubles we face. And as a result of God's care and concern, we should always be prepared to give God the glory. We must come to understand that in comparison to his strength, we are very weak. In praising God, we also come to understand that all those things in our world seem to be out of hand, that God is still sovereign and he's in control of the universe because God never changes and his power will sustain us eternally. We can call upon him and know that deliverance is on the way, that comfort is on the way, that peace that surpasses all understanding is on the way. So when you have trouble, remember that God cares for you and he wants to help you overcome them. It is not a question of God's power, strength, authority, or willingness, but it is a question of will you allow God to demonstrate his care and concern for you? Amen. He cares for you. We're going to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors, Broken Wings Incorporated, a 501c3 nonprofit organization designed to provide awareness about traumatic brain injury to communities while providing support, resources, tips, and brain injury prevention insight. So if you are a survivor of a traumatic brain injury or caregiver, please visit our website for more information at www.brokenwingsinc.org or please call 912-335-3799. Sister Sense, for personalized candles and gift baskets for any occasion, 
please contact Nishari Davenport at 205-514-0866. Shipping is available. Again, contact Nishari Davenport at 205-514-0866 for your custom-made personalized gift baskets and candles. The Birmingham Slayers, if you live in the Birmingham, Alabama area and are looking for an organization where your child can be a part of a team where together everyone truly achieves more, a place where dance is a part of who they are and who they encompass unity like never before, then the Birmingham Slayers is who they need to connect with. Please contact Ms. V at 479-899-2618 for details. All right, we have an amazing show lined up for you all this evening. You are in for a very special treat. Our guests are published authors, and not only are they published authors, they are number one best-selling authors, and they are filled with wisdom. They are true survivors, and they are going to impart wisdom. They are going to educate you, empower, and enlighten you on this evening. So I want you all to relax. Go and grab your cup of tea, grab your cup of coffee as we prepare to be blessed by these true anointed vessels. But first, we are going to take a quick break, but don't you go anywhere because we will be right back. Hello, this is Dr. Andrea T. Harris of YourGrowthAgent.com, and you are listening to the Conqueror's Cafe radio show.
Amen. Jesus, you are my healer. Welcome back to the Conqueror's Cafe. We are so excited on today. We are talking about confessions of a caregiver. In a world where life can change in the blink of an eye, it can often cause us to feel distant from God. One day, you're unexpectedly caught up in a whirlwind of doctor's visits, prescription pickups, cooking, feeding, cleaning, and sometimes even bathing and dressing someone in your life that is near and dear to your heart. In Confessions of a Caregiver, there contains intimate accounts of six caregivers' journeys into the unknown realm of caregiving. Hear how their loved ones' frustrations have caused their lives to become filled with challenges that can sometimes just be too much to bear. Brutally honest and written from the heart, they share intimate chronicles of caring for their loved ones while attempting to care for themselves. You will hear stories of strength, perseverance, compassion, and humor that would linger with you for a lifetime. So, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you guys, introduce to you all, the authors and co-authors of Confessions of a Caregiver, Miss Jill Armijo. Jill lives in Utah with her husband, Joe, and there are two pooches. Their three boys are grown, and so far they have one granddaughter. Since she was 16, she's volunteered in her church in various capacities, mostly with children. She helps her parents care for their for for three grandparents growing for their grandparents growing up, and she's cared for Joe, who is a veteran of the Gulf War, since 1997. She has been a physical therapist assistant, which she loves for almost 30 years, and is also a health coach who helps caregivers thrive and find happiness as they create the life they want while serving in a challenging circumstance. She enjoys nature, fitness, and nutrition, traveling, reading, and writing. She mostly enjoys spending time with her family, regardless of what they are doing. Our next co-author... Ms. Tamara Newborn is a native of Rock Island, Illinois, but now lives north of Dallas, Texas with her husband, daughter, and son. She obtained a bachelor's in political science from Philander Smith College in Little Rock, Arkansas, and a master's degree in criminal justice. Her bachelor's and master's degree fueled her passion to write both fiction and nonfiction novels. She is the author of Making It Through the Storm. In her spare time, she enjoys spending time with her family, reading and writing. As a breast cancer survivor, she spends time spreading awareness and motivating others to make it through their storms. Ms. Avernese Reed holds an associate degree in liberal arts and a paralegal certificate. She is currently pursuing her BA in human services. She is a minister at the Tabernacle of Prayer Revival Center in Dobbs Ferry, New York. She's a residence manager for a nonprofit organization where she cares and advocates for young adults with developmental disabilities and their families, as well as oversees the staff and the residents. Evernice is passionate about her mission and ministry to be used by God as a vessel to reveal the compassion, healing, and restorative power of Jesus Christ to everyone 
regardless of what they have encountered in life. She's a mother of one daughter and twin grandchildren. Our next co-author, Ms. Caroline Campbell, resides in Washington, D.C.'s suburban area where she is a member of Greater Mount Carey Holy Church. She serves with the Ministerial Alliance in the music ministry. Caroline is a certified coach, one who knows the words of prayer. She loves to intercede on behalf of the needs of God's people and serves as lead intercessor each month for the Sisters Prayer Call, which is sponsored by Sisters for Sisters, Inc., a community involvement includes the Prince George County March for Babies Community and Southern Management Corporation, the March of Dimes. The Red Cross, American Red Cross, have recognized her for her involvement and service to the community. She was named one of D.C.'s Metropolitan Area's 100 Phenomenal Women in 2015. She is also co-authored Behind the Scenes of a Phenomenal Woman, which was released in 2018, and she has released her first solo book, From Carefree to Caregiver, the fall of 2018. Next, Ms. Barbara Williams was born to the late Reverend Ovis and Ann Flanoy in Newark, New Jersey. She attended schools in the Newark and East Orange School Districts. Barbara graduated from Northeastern Bible College in Eustis Falls, New Jersey, earning a B.A. in Biblical Studies and Elementary Education. She went on to earn a Master's of Arts in Elementary Education with an emphasis in critical thinking. A strong believer in helping children and giving back to the community, Barbara spent her first year as an educator as a preschool teacher in Newark Day Center. In January 2018, after 32 years, she retired from Newark Public Schools as a middle school teacher which she loved impacting the lives of her students and their families. A true prayer warrior and one who understands the power of prayer. Her passion to help others is unwavering. Barbara has been married since July of 1989 to her husband, Noble Williams. She has two daughters and three beautiful granddaughters. And last, guys, yours truly, final read. I obtained a BS degree in business administration at Trident University International, and, and I am a 20-year U.S. Army disabled retiree, best-selling, multi-award-winning, multi-published nonfiction author. I have received numerous awards, numerous accolades. I'm a native of Mississippi who currently resides in Savannah, Georgia, self-published author and coach. Our ability to take my life's challenges and turn them into books to empower educate and enlighten others has allowed me to write content for survivors of traumatic events and their caregivers by teaching them how to create the life they desire in spite of the challenges faced after their tragedy. A woman who truly loves God and loves God's people, I'm very passionate about my Christian walk and call into ministry and grateful for the gift that God has entrusted me with and uses it for the advancement of his kingdom. I'm the founder of CEO of Broken Wings Incorporated, 501c3 nonprofit organization, the founder of Broken Wings Brain Injury Empowerment Group, an online brain injury support group, and founder and CEO of When Heaven Speaks LLC, book coaching and publishing, minister, speaker, brain injury community advocate, and executive producer and host of the Conference Cafe radio show. 
I am excited, guys, to be here on today. Let's give all of our co-authors an awesome call. Hello, ladies. How are you all doing this evening? Fabulous. Great. Awesome. Can everyone hear me? Awesome. There we go. Yes. Thank you guys so much for joining. I am so honored. First of all, I have to say this. I am honored, truly, truly honored to have the opportunity to connect with each one of you. I know that God orchestrated this for a reason. Um, We initially started out with seven co-authors. And um, now it, it was narrowed down to five co-authors. Um, two of the co-authors had to drop out for personal reasons. But I truly believe that, uh, you know, things happen for a reason, and God never makes mistakes. And I am so excited and uh, to have you all join me in this book, and I pray that uh, the testimonies that you shared with everyone will bless the lives of those who are reading So, um, again, thank you so much for joining me on this evening. We are going to be talking about Confessions of a Caregiver. I'm going to be asking you guys, uh, you know, just some things about the content that you submitted. We're going to be talking about some of the challenges uh, of caregiving. And I want you guys to chime in, okay? Uh, We're going to just have a conversation here. And and the public um, that are listening, they're going to be able to call in shortly and ask questions, and they may have comments because sometimes, um, and I know that you all can relate to this, caregiving is not an easy task. Uh, Can I get an amen on that? (laughs) Amen. 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 (laughs) So, uh, Barbara, Barbara, what what would you say – is one of the most challenging things that you face as a caregiver. Balance and finding time just to do everything that I have to do. Um, Not only am I a caregiver, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm an evangelist in my church, and I'm a grandmother, and just finding balance and being comfortable with the balance I have to make. Amen. Finding balance. Now, the chapter in your book, Barbara, is called Keeping It Real. Keeping It Real. I want you to tell our listeners. I, I want to know the vision behind the title of your chapter, Keeping It Real. What do you mean as a caregiver when you say keeping it real? Well, for me, uh, when keeping it real, um, so many times people place unrealistic expectations on you. Um, okay, you're an evangelist. Your husband is a minister. Not only that, you're a PK. So you should go through these, whatever you're going through, um, just everything fine and dandy. But no, there are sometimes I'm frustrated. Um, I, yeah, I do get angry sometimes. I, I, I question God sometimes when I first um, 
start caring for my mom. So there was just keeping it real that I'm a human. And as these yes. trials and tribulations come, I just want you to get the real vision of what it is to be a caregiver. Yes. So that's what, you know, to keep it real. And also to keep it real, um, God allowed me, as I was writing, to look at myself, keep it real um, with myself, the things I've been going through and what I need to deal with and get right with me in order to be an effective caregiver and effective example of how other people can go through and rely on God. Yes, keeping it real. I think that is so important. Yes, when uh, you're walking in the shoes of a caregiver, being real with yourself, being real with your circumstance and the things that are surrounding you know, you becoming a caregiver. Um, I, I want to ask Jill a question. Jill, um, your chapter in the book, Giving Up the Lies for Love, how important is forgiveness as a caregiver? Walking in the shoes of a caregiver, what does the role of forgiveness play? Well, forgiveness is essential for my own emotional and spiritual health. At first, sometimes we feel like forgiveness means giving the person who offended us um, the leeway to just do whatever they want to. And it might feel like if we forgive somebody, like we're being benevolent to them. But forgiveness is essential for us so that we don't get stuck in resentment or shame or whatever we're harboring because we felt hurt. You know, um, you wrote this, Jill. You said, each day is still a journey for Joe and me. We've learned to trade blame for curiosity, judgment for compassion, and feeling stuck for creativity. Can you talk about that a little bit? Um, yeah, so <clears throat> I'll just go backwards because I can't remember put what order you put. But we, um, when we can become curious about a situation or about what somebody said or about our reaction to something somebody did, and we can say, I wonder why that happened, or I wonder why he said that. Or I wonder what's going on in her life to make her act in that way. Then instead of just getting all mad and and angry and and assuming that they meant to harm us or they meant ill will, we can kind of look at it and maybe have a little bit of empathy. Not the kind of empathy that allows for them to abuse us, but the kind of empathy that can help us to forgive and to get past it and to um, just love them for who they are. And um, yes. I I really want, through my work, to be able to help couples to stay together, but I also realize that sometimes it's not good for couples to stay together, and I just want couples to reach a point of compassion and empathy 
so that their marriage can be complete and that it's yeah. not a disaster or a failure because our associations with anybody that we go through life with sometimes need to end and sometimes need to continue. We move, we change our life status. So many things change in our lives. And if we just have compassion and curiosity instead of all the judgment and blame, then we can be happy even if we have to terminate a relationship with somebody for our own safety, emotionally or physically. Absolutely. And, you know, when you're talking about forgiveness, um, as you are walking uh, or traveling the journey of caregiving, forgiveness is just critical for your peace of mind because forgiveness is for you. It is for you. It's Mm -hmm. always for you. It's never for the other person anyway Um, because I know that, like you said, when you are caring for someone and uh, anger can set in, resentment can can set in, the person that you're caring for uh, may say some things because, you know, they are frustrated as well. So we have to learn as caregivers not to to take it personal, not to wear our feelings on our sleeve, you know, that as the saying goes, and to just be able to forgive, to move forward in order to maintain that healthy, loving, nurturing relationship, especially, you know, uh, in your case, uh, caring for your spouse. Uh, I'm sure there were times when you just wanted to quit and just, you know, Mm -hmm. just walk away from it all. So how did you deal with those feelings? Well, you have to read the story. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. That's but right. I dealt, <laughs> I dealt with those feelings all many different ways. And a lot of times I didn't deal with those feelings very well. And that's why I've started doing the work that I'm doing is because I've learned so much and I want to share it with other people. But the most important way to deal with our feelings in in my opinion, in my experience, especially the last few years when I've made the most growth myself, is to realize that our feelings come entirely because of our thoughts. And I've used a yeah. couple of examples with my husband recently. Um, one example that I've used is that if I'm walking my dog and a complete stranger comes up to me and says, your dog is the ugliest thing in the world, I would just laugh at them because I know my dog is adorable and it wouldn't hurt my feelings at all. But if my husband says your dog is horrible or I hate your dog, I kind of take that personally because I live with my husband and he's with me and my dogs. And so I, I choose and maybe it's subconscious and maybe I don't mean to, but I seriously, I literally choose whether I'm going to believe his comments about my dog or not. And I can choose to just laugh at him like I would the complete stranger, or I can choose to get all hurt and get all mad. And so my feelings are entirely up to me because of my thoughts, no matter what my circumstances. Absolutely. Oh, I'm so glad that you said that. Um, Whenever I go to speak to, you know, a a part of my my speech is some tragedy to working strategies. I talk about you have the power to choose. You as an individual have the power to choose. Whether you take it personal, whether you, uh, like you said, just take control of those thoughts. Because as a caregiver, listen, 
if we allow everything that our loved ones do or say hurt us, oh, my gosh, where will we be? <laughs> what kind of mindset would we uh, 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 would we be able to be in? So that is very important. We have the power to choose uh, whether to move forward, keep persevering, and just keep pushing through the hard times, the good times, and all of that. Now, I want to ask um, Tamara a question, okay? Tamara, are you there? Tamara. Yeah, I'm here. I knew I was going to do that. I knew it. <laughs> That's because you were probably practicing it. too hard. <laughs> I've been so good, right? I'm so well with yeah. this, you, you know? You started out right. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so let's talk about it's so unfair. It's so unfair. You know, you have to charge that to my head and not my heart. <laughs> of course. Of course. No problem at all. So let's talk about it's so unfair. What is so unfair? I want you to tell the listeners. Your your chapter title is called It's So Unfair. I want you to tell, tell yes. them about that. Of course. So my chapter is a little different from everyone else's because I was going through um, being a caregiver and a patient at the same time. So um, I, I initially went from a, a mother who was 100% healthy to finding out that she was diagnosed with uh, metastatic uh, stage four breast cancer, so um, I, we were thrown. I was like thrown in, in, you know, into a lifestyle that had changed. You know, where it was consisted of caring for my mother, and then seven uh, months later, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And so, um, um, wow. two months later, my sister was diagnosed with breast cancer. A year later, my dad was diagnosed with breast cancer. So I. I in that chapter, I had to focus on all of the things that I had to, you know, make sure I was taking care of and still doing and caring for this person and while trying to care for myself. And at the end, it's so unfair, you know. And that at, at some point yes. in time, I've, I've, you know, I've said that it's so unfair that I'm going through this. It's so unfair that I go through that. But the good thing about it is is to know God because, you know, my God won't throw me yes. nothing that I'm not prepared for. And so going through all of those journeys, you know, um, coming out, it kind of, you know, I, I see the part, you know, somewhat of the purpose for it. But in the midst of that, it was so unfair. And so I knew I had to speak out because there, are, there will be others going through, you know, similar journeys and, and who will think it's so unfair. And I wanted to make sure that I let them know that it's okay to feel that way. You know, just as long yes. as you bounce back and realize that God is the purpose for your pain. Let's talk about the guilt, okay? I know that in your chapter you talk about experiencing guilt because you were unable to be there for someone that had taken care of you uh, for 36 years and you weren't able to exactly. be there for her to, you know, to give the care in return. How did you deal with exactly. the guilt? Exactly. Exactly. So I was diagnosed with breast cancer at the, at the age of 36, and my mother and I were, like, so close. I was pretty much a mama's girl, you can say. And so we were so close. Everything everything that I went through in life, you know, I would my mom would help me through each trying, you know, each thing that I went through. So now I feel like I was at a point where my mom needed me, and instantly when she was first diagnosed, I was, Jump, you know, I jumped in, and I'm like, well, whatever she needs, I have her, and I'm going to make sure that, you know, she's okay. 
But then um, when I was diagnosed myself, no matter how hard I tried on some days, I just couldn't get up. You know, I was fighting a battle on my, on my own, mm-hmm. and um, I was unable to. And so I would go long periods of time where I was unable to see her. And then when I was able to see her, it was only for moments of time because of the way that I was feeling and all of the, the treatment and just everything that I was going through. So that guilt was, you know, was horrible because, like you said earlier, the woman who had, you know, laid down her life for me for my 36 years and who had took care of me in every situation, I was at a point that no matter how hard I tried and I wanted to be, I just couldn't be there for her. And so that guilt was, yes, it was horrible. Yes. But and you know what else? God makes no mistakes. <laughs> Absolutely. And you also talk about something that's very important in your chapter, it, 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 guilt and self-care. Now, because I am so guilty, and I want the other uh, caregivers to answer this, just chime in. How many of you are guilty of not really taking care of yourselves the way that you are supposed to? Oh, definitely me. Me? I'm doing that time. Yes. <laughs> yes, I believe every last one of us at some point uh, probably, you know, are guilty of that. And because of the guilt that we experience as caregivers, it does, and it can, and it will lead to us neglecting ourselves. Now, I, now, now, I tell you what, I want you to understand this as a caregiver. Self-care is a must, okay? It is a mm-hmm. must. Now, Tamara, let's talk about some of the consequences that you suffered from neglecting yourself while caring for everybody else. So um, I think you're talking about um, the section of of my um, chapter where I was hospitalized. So, again, it goes back to that I wanted to be everything that I could be and be who I thought I should be when, in all reality, I couldn't be that person. So I was running running to do things even when I should not have been running, when I should have been resting. I remember going up to see my mom on multiple occasions and being told by people that you shouldn't be at the hospital because your immune system is so bad. But me thinking that I can do everything, I did it. And so um, I remember a week, not even a full week after burying my mom who had uh, passed away from breast cancer, I was sitting at my um, older sister's sitting by her hospital bed while she was getting ready to have her double mastectomy, which also happened to be the same day that I had a chemo appointment. So I'm doing it all, even though I should not have been doing it all because my body just wasn't available for me to do it all. So I ended up in a hospital. I ended up in a hospital, and I was told that I had broken heart syndrome. And before then, I had never heard of that. And so the way my doctor described it, he described it. He said, even though you're not dealing with all the things that you're going through, your body is still going through those things. And so um, even when you don't want to stop yourself, your body just, just you know, steps in and stops it. So that was hard for me because I'm a fixer and I'm a doer and I'm a controller, and I was at a point where I was unable to do all of the things that I had become accustomed to doing. You know, that uh, uh, broken heart syndrome is a very serious and real diagnosis. Um, I had an aunt, and I hope she's listening. I know when her husband passed away, she actually uh, went through that. And when she told us, like, no one in the family had ever heard of that before. Yeah, I would have never thought it. I mean, here I am, I'm hospitalized because my heart is broken. I would have never thought it. 
I've never heard of it before. Wow. Well, so you hear that uh, if you are a caregiver and you are listening, self-care, it is so important. And I know that we deal with a lot of the guilt. I know for me, as far as with guilt, um, and it was totally out of my control, our car accident, but because um, in my in, in my first book that I wrote, I talked about our car accident, I think I dealt with a lot of guilt um, because the cars were actually initially headed towards my side of the car, but when one of the other cars hit us and turned us into the opposite lane of traffic, that's how my son got hit. And so that guilt, and I think that is what, now, even now, 18 years later, I think it causes me to not properly take care of myself like I need to because you always got to feel like you have to be there. You, you, you know, I think the fear of losing the loved one during the initial onset of the tragedy that occurs, you don't want to lose them a second time or a third time. Does that make sense? Yeah. hmm Definitely. Wow. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so, so self-care is very important. Um, okay. I want to talk to Arvinise. Arvinise, you opened mm-hmm. up your mm-hmm. chapter. It, uh, the title of your chapter is Called to Care. Called to Care. And you opened up with a scripture, which I love this. You said, Jeremiah 29 and 11, one of my favorite scriptures. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Ebenezer, why were you called to care? That scripture um, came from, I had to, how do I say, I was called as a young caregiver. Um, Yes. Caregivers do not know that we're going to be caregivers. Um, I was thrust in position at 19 years old. I didn't understand anything. I just knew my mother was sick and I had to take care of her. That's it. I had no clue of being a caregiver. I had no clue of self-care. I didn't know. I was 19 years old. I know that the woman that was my superhero was not able to do what she once was. So all I know was, what do I have to do? Um, Call to care. I did not know that was a divine purpose for me. I knew that I was a young person, 19 years old, not giving away the chapter, but I, um, I had things that I wanted to do. And here comes this illness. And I had to swing into the other role. So, again, I didn't have the divine inclination or, wow, this is going to be my role. And after that, there was my father's role. I I ended up taking care of him. Now there's my daughter's role. I see now that as I started at 19, that there was a divine purpose. Yes, and that changed my perspective on being a caregiver. I didn't see it at 19. I just see it, I saw it as, God, where's my mother going? What's going on? I have to do this. But now, three stages later, three people later, my caregiver perspective 
has changed. Call to care. This is my divine mission that I'm able to do with grace. And if God saw this before, where I got the scripture from, then he equipped me to go through it. So that's where that scripture came from, and that's where call to care came from, because, again, I did not realize that this was his purpose for me. Yes, I suffered through it. Yes, I cried through it. But all the time I did, I never lost my mind. I never, I honestly didn't have a God what are you doing moment, because I didn't know enough of God to do that. But I knew that he had my back because my parents and my mother taught me. Now, as a young caregiver, at 19, my God, I know, I mean, you had to drop out of college with all of your high school friends that you had graduated with, had gone on. I know there were several emotions that you dealt with, that you talked about that almost caused you to quit, the hopelessness, the helplessness the isolation and the anger. You even talked about betrayal and rage. So at 19 Mm -hmm. and 20 and 21 years old, how did you deal with those emotions? The scripture came that I wrote in the beginning. That wasn't an understanding until later. Um, Those emotions that I wrote about in the beginning, they were real because I didn't understand. I did not understand My friends got to go away to school. They got to go where they wanted to go. And it just seemed just like, okay, what's going on? But in in all the emotions that I felt, there was one thing that kept me, um, kept my mind in perspective, and that was, this is my mother. So all the emotions were there. I knew that they were there. There wasn't a friend that I could say, um, you know, I have to be at the hospital today or my mother um, needs me here because who would understand? I had three brothers. I was the youngest. So those emotions were, where's everybody else at? But at the end of the day, all those emotions went out the window because guess what? I had to do it. I had, that's all I knew. And that was the groundwork. That was the, that, that's what kept me rooted. That's what kept me calm because no matter what I felt, the other person on the other side, she couldn't control that. She couldn't help me. She needed my help. So no matter what I was feeling as a young person, all I knew, I had to take care of my mother. I would not have it any other way. That's what kept me grounded, and that's what controlled the rage. And looking at her and seeing what she was going through and how she took care of people, that is what kept, that was the cage. Let's put it like that. That that was the cage that 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 covered my heart and protected it from all the emotions that could have potentially caused me to harm myself. Wow, you know all those thoughts and all those emotions that you mentioned. <clears throat> I think all of us have caregivers, we deal with that. And that leads me to um, our next co-author, Ms. Terrilene Campbell. Her chapter is, I didn't know my own strength. So 
all of those things that Avernice just talked about and how to deal with those emotions, we have to dig deep down within ourselves to pull that inner strength that we have. So, Ms. Terrelaine, let's talk about I didn't know my own strength. Why do you say you didn't know your own strength? That's a good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think because when you get in, when you're thrust into the role of caregiving, number one, is not one that we ever asked for. It's not one that we went to a, a, a workshop and prepared for. It's not one that we aspired to hold. Um, and it is filled with challenges. It's filled with ups and downs, roller coaster, you know, mood swings of the person that you're caring for, which leads to your own mood swings, which can lead to depression, which can lead to lack of self-care, and all the things that have been discussed already this evening. Um, you know, battles with healthcare professionals, battles with insurance companies, and so yes. it tests your your own intestinal fortitude. That's the best way I can put it. Your our, your own intestinal fortitude is tested, and but for the the grace of God and the hand of God, you know, you know on our lives, um, He gives us. I always say, God gave me. Just in the nick of time, he gave me like a vitamin, like a spiritual vitamin. He gave yes. me enough fresh boost of strength so that every time I felt like my strength was depleted, I got a fresh dose of strength and that came from somewhere. And it helped me. So for for me, the, the title is simply, I didn't realize how much, how strong I was until I got into the caregiving space. I really didn't, you know, I never anticipated this, and I just didn't yes. realize there were times that I would just be so low, so tired, so mentally and, and physically and emotionally drained and exhausted and saying, you know, try not to complain because I knew that the alternative was that my mother would not be here, that she would be deceased and gone. And so try not to complain and at least saying, well, at least she's still here, but tired and God would give me the strength and God would show me that yeah you don't know how strong you are until you really are in that hot water come on I like that Caroline God gave you a a spiritual vitamin a fresh dose of strength you better say that again (laughs) because uh, hey listen I tell you I don't know what I would do if it was not for the Lord on my side Because I need that spiritual vitamin not just once a day, not even two or three times a day, but several times a day. I need that dose of strength because, Lord, sometimes it just, it gets so hard. It gets so hard. Absolutely. It gets so hard. Yes, it does. And you want the best for the person that you're caring for, and sometimes you know, they may not understand uh, some of the things that you do, some of the decisions that you have to make. And so, um, yes, I love that a spiritual vitamin. I love that. Now, you open up uh, with, uh, you open up your chapter talking about wishful thinking. And I love that because you said, I wish there was more knowledge and awareness in our society about caregiving. 
I say this not seeking pity, but rather rather because awareness is sorely needed. It is needed. It is so needed. Now, I want you to share with the listeners why do you feel that it's needed? I, I would say I feel it's needed because you know, we often, many of us know people who do care for, for example, a loved one, a family member, but we we just think, oh, yeah, they're momless with them, or oh, yeah, they're taking care of, you know, their husband is disabled or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, this person suffers from PTSD. But we don't really have a clue until you are close up and personal and or in that space and this now becomes part of your own life. Many people don't have a clue what is really involved. They don't have a clue um, the ups and downs. They don't have a clue of the financial strain in addition to the physical strain, in addition to the emotional strain and the social strain and impact that caregiving um, has on people's lives, how it can impact one's employment situation, um, how it can impact, your, you know, the bank account. I, for example, for me, I... And taking care of my mother, she lived an hour half and a half away from me. So for a while, a, a number, a, a, quite a while, I was going to visit her every weekend. There were other times I started to slack off because of weather, especially in the winter, um, because of yes. snow and things of that nature. But for her, for me, um, got to the point where with Medicare, for example, and Medicaid, um, all but seventy-two dollars of her disability check went to the facility. So seventy two dollars mm. is what I had to work with. <laughs> and wow. that took mm. that was cell phone bill, life insurance, you know, any incidentals, any clothing. So those are the kinds of things that I then became responsible for. And that yeah. um that impacted my personal budget. And I would do it all over again wholeheartedly as most of us would. But many people don't realize what you know, that what all that entails. And then I wish that pe- there was more awareness for employer's sake, um, if someone has yes, to lose absolutely. time from work or come in late because they've got appointments or step away from their office or out of a meeting because they've got care plan meetings and other appointments and need to have a consultation, all those kinds of things that people really, in most cases, are not aware of. And then there are people I found who are caregivers and didn't really even realize that they were because they mm-hmm. thought that if, the loved one um, didn't live in their home. They didn't real. Then they thought that they were not then a caregiver. But you know, right. in doing my re- my own research, AARP has defined the caregiver as someone who has physical, financial, and legal um, responsibility for someone. So it's not as though the person has to necessarily live in your home for you then to be their caregiver. So all kinds of misinformation and or lack of good, solid information out there in our community that needs Absolutely. to be addressed. Yes, and I think if you are a caregiver, um, because no one asks to be a caregiver, <clears throat> and I say this often, there are four categories that you are going to fall in at some time in your life. You are you are a caregiver. You've been a caregiver. You will be a caregiver or you are someone receiving care. You're not going to be able to get around those. It's just going to happen at some point or another in your life. And so taking advantage of the resources that are there, um, I I like that you say that because 
wishful thinking, yeah, it, most people don't worry about caregivers. They don't think about caregivers. They don't think about the challenges until it happens to them. And, and, and I tell you, my plea to everyone listening is you better be prepared. Prepare yourself. And not, I'm not saying go out there and, and expect for something to happen that's going to throw you or have you being thrown into the role of caregiving. But just know that there are resources that are available. So if, when it does happen, um, you will be prepared. You will at least know where to go to get the help that you need when you need the help. So I think that is so um, um, important that you talked about that, about knowledge and awareness. Um, I want to uh, take a break right here, and uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to open up the phone lines, and people are going to have the opportunity to call in. Uh, um, I just want um, you guys to know that are listening that uh, we this is real. Caregiving is real. The journeys of caregivers, I tell you, it's it's serious business. And so many times, again, people just don't really understand because this is what I want you to think about as you're listening as we go to break. What if one day your loved one wakes up in the hospital room and not only do they not remember who you are, but they also don't know the people surrounding them? And you both realize that they are incapable of doing all the things that they've always taken for granted would be there. You know, things like dressing themselves, feeding themselves, and even showering or taking a bath on their own. They find themselves hearing that they can no longer function without support or they can no longer live alone. Life has a way of changing in the blink of an eye, and one day you're unexpectedly caught up in this whirlwind. What are you going to do? As a caregiver, living in a world of worry and stress and self-doubt, we often wonder where we find the strength to go on. The shock and the frustration of each long day in this new role, it can leave you feeling helpless and hopeless and really absolutely clueless. Confessions of a caregiver, intimate accounts of caregivers' journeys into the unknown realm of caregiving, In our book, you're going to hear, once again, how our loved one's frustration causes us, uh, our lives to become filled with challenges that sometimes we just find it too hard to deal with. So we've opened up, guys. We've poured our hearts into this book. You're going to hear stories of strength, perseverance, compassion, and humor that will indeed linger with you for a lifetime. So I want to uh, thank you guys, you know, for being here, joining us for the first half of the show. We are going to take a quick break, but don't you move because we'll be right back and we're going to open up the lines and you all will have an opportunity to talk to these amazing caregivers. So get your questions ready. We'll be right back. It was meant to kill me, sent to destroy me, and I thought that it would, and I thought that it should, cause I messed up so many times, I wouldn't left when you said right, 
I'll understand if you wanna let me go. Let me go, let me go. But you held on to me and you wouldn't let me go.
I'm your host, Twyla Reed, and we are here this evening with the co-authors of Confessions of a Caregiver, Caregiver's Testimonies of Strength and Perseverance. And we are opening up our phone lines. Callers, you can now call in at 657-383-0898. If you have a question or if you would like to speak with the co-authors and and ask a question or just give a comment, if you are a caregiver and you have um, are traveling on your own caregiving journey and you just want to chime in and please do so again the number to dial in is 657-383-0898 and you just press the number one and that will place you in our queue and we will bring you live on the air and uh, let you ask your question or make your comment so uh ladies i tell you again um thank you so much this has been an awesome project um, as we have been here, I want each of you to um, um, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you do in your downtime and your spare time uh, that you that you may get to have as a caregiver, um, and how did it feel? Uh, I know some of you are no longer caregivers now uh, because your, your loved ones has transitioned to be with the Lord, um, but at, at, for those that are actively caregiving, when you get a moment, what are some things you like to do in your in your spare time? So I know Jill. How are you there, Jill? Yep, I'm here. Yes. Yeah, so, so what are some things you like to do in your spare time? Uh, well, now I like to write. <laughs> um, I didn't <laughs> make the time to do that for a long time, and. I honestly believe that every caregiver, I know your situation is really hard, but every caregiver can make time for what is the most important for you. So for a long, long time, writing wasn't the most important thing for me, even though I longed to do it. Spending time with my little children was the most important thing for me. I worked all the time, and sometimes I had two jobs, And sometimes all I could do was come home and get dinner on and play with my kids or read to my kids. And the dishes didn't get done. And the vacuum, the floor went without vacuuming for six months. And maybe you think I had a horrible life because I didn't do my chores, but I made time for the things that I felt was important. And I know that you can too. You have to let things go. You have to let things go that you used to think were so essential because you, your caregiving journey takes things and switches around all kinds of um, pr- um, priorities. But you can yes. make time for self-care, whether it's emotional self-care or physical self-care, spiritual self-care. You must do what's the most important to you and let something else slide. That is so true. You can't do it all. And even though we walk around with an S on our chest, Sometimes, like you said, Jill, we we have to realize, you know, what's important, and we may have to shift some things. Uh, We do have uh, callers on the line, so let's bring our callers in. 
Hello, thank you for calling the Conference Cafe. You're live on the air. Good evening. How are you? Hello. Good evening. I really enjoyed this show. I really enjoyed the show tonight. Um, I thought it was amazing. I can relate a lot to the balance um, problems and Tamara, when you stated that doing everything for everybody else was causing you to neglect yourself and your health, I can definitely relate to that. So I've just had that issue um, lately mm-hmm. and just went on ahead and went out on it working in education and took six months off um, from school. So after this break, I will not be going back to work into the next school year. Um, so I can definitely understand. And when they're talking about the balancing of children and, um, when Ms. Jill was just talking about spending time with her kids and, and making time for things at home, that's actually what I'm trying to do now. Still piling on things, but I'm excited to, to read the book and to, um, encourage you ladies to keep going. And I think it's going to be amazing. Um, your stories are going to help a lot of people, so I'm excited to read it and look forward to one day meeting you ladies. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, yeah, yeah, I thank you so much. This is Tamara. I thank you so much for that. Um, I just want to say, as as ladies, we, we wanna, we're nurturers, so we want to be able to control a lot of things. But in all reality, we, you know, when you're going through something like what we've been through, you just have to accept that you can't do it all. When I was first diagnosed and caring for my mother, I also had to walk away from my job. I had to resign and just accept that I just couldn't do it all. And so I think the biggest part of that is just, you know, taking time out for yourself because, you know, you only have one body. So, it's, you know, we yes. need to do all that we can to take care of our one body because we only get one. And I've also right. heard if you're not taking Thank care you. of yourself as a caregiver, how can you really effectively take care of the person, you know, your loved one that you're giving care to? If you're burned right. out as a caregiver and you are just so worn out and, 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 and just don't have the energy to do anything, then your loved one is going to really suffer because of this. I agree. They're going to feel it. They're going to feel um yes. Because not only the body, the mind, when you're a caregiver and you have so many bottled up emotions um, that you're not sharing with anyone because you don't think anyone understands, that's a trick of the devil. And the person on the other end receiving care, they do sense that. And you're nurturing their emotions. So if you don't take care of your own or find an outlet of self-care for yourself, you can't handle theirs. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Well, thank you so much, caller. Um, Alabama is rooting for us, team. So, hey, thank you. That caller is from Birmingham, Alabama. So thank you so very much. We have another caller uh, that's coming in. Hello, thank you for calling. You're live on the air. Hello, caller, are you there? Hello, baby, it's my turn. Do you hear me? Yes. (laughs) We can hear you. I have a question for Jill. I've read part of her book, and um, she says several times she wanted to 
divorce her dependent husband and I'm wondering if she was afraid to because of her children or if she thinks she could have done just as well raising her kids as a single parent and what made the difference in that was quite a few questions all in one (laughs) um (laughs) I'll start I'll start with um a lie that I told myself many times that was a big part of why I thought maybe I should divorce my husband. And the lie that I told myself was my children don't deserve this because my husband and I, because of his schizophrenia and PTSD and stuff that he's dealing with because of the war, he was harsh and he was uh, suspicious and he was um, delusional. And I felt so many times like my kids didn't deserve this. We fought and argued and screamed at each other and yelled at each other. And that lie, my kids don't deserve this, sounds so loving and sounds so caring of the children. But what I've realized now that my children are grown is that it was a blessing for them in so many ways to grow up with their dad. They have good hearts, and they are responsible, amazing, hardworking men. Because of what they saw us go through, they are going to work really hard at their marriages because they saw my husband refuse to give in to his temptation to commit suicide, and they saw us work through so many things. And, yes, I was very tempted to get a divorce. And um, the book, um, not the book you're referring to, um, but the book that Twyla's um, talking about tonight, in that story is one of those instances where I really felt like it would be the best for me and the children if I got a divorce and what happened with my prayer. And it's a beautiful story, and I've relied on it heavily over the years to to um, be able to care for my husband and to reach the conclusions that I've reached Um I have had different answers to that same prayer, should I get a divorce now, because I've brought that same prayer to God several times, and it's just been such a blessing to receive the answer that I did each time. Did I answer your phone, your call all the way, or was there another question more? I think that's good. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for calling in. Yeah, thanks, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much for um to our callers. Um uh, the line um uh, the number to call in if you have a question or a comment is six five seven three eight three zero eight nine eight. As we prepare to wrap up our interview on this evening, <clears throat> we will take at least one more call. Again, the number is six five seven three eight three zero eight nine eight. And um while we are waiting, I want each of you to um I'm gonna call your name and I just want you to uh let the listeners know how they can reach out to you individually. Um and 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 you know they may want to talk to you one on one after they read the book and, and they may have some questions for each of you. So let's start with let's see who have Miss Evernice. Can you please let the listeners know how they can contact you? Yes, I can be contacted on Gmail. My first name, A-R-V-I-N-E-S-E, at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook um, on my author's page, which is Arthur Arvinese 
A-R-V-I-N-E-S-E, Reed, R-E-I-Z. Awesome. Miss Barbara Williams, are you there? Yes. Yes, can you please tell uh, the listeners how they my can email. connect with you? My email is uh, nobar, N-O-B-A-R, Will, W-I-L-L, at yahoo.com, Facebook, author, Barbara Williams. Okay. Caroline. You can reach me on uh, social media on any of my, any Facebook, um, Instagram, or Twitter at my name, Taraline Campbell. Or you can reach me via my website, which is Taraline, T-E-R-A-L-E-E-N, Campbell, like the soup, um, dot com, TaraleneCampbell.com. And you can also uh, email me via through the website at info at TaraleneCampbell.com. Awesome. Miss Tamara. Hey, so you can reach me um, Instagram at I am Tamara the Newborn. So that's first name, the Newborn. And then on Facebook and Twitter, I'm both uh, Tamara B. Newborn. Or you can reach me at Gmail, Tamara Newborn. So first name, last name at gmail.com. Awesome. And Jill. Yeah, um, my website is jillarmijo.com, and my name is spelled J-I-L-L, like Jack and Jill went up the hill, and then armijo is A-R-M-I-J-O, so it's just jillarmijo.com, and also uh, you can email me at jilldawn, D-A-W-N, armijo, at gmail, and I have an author's page on Facebook um, that's author Jill Armijo. Awesome. And for those who would like to contact me, um, Twyla Reed, my Facebook is facebook.com forward slash author Twyla Reed. Um, you can email me at info at twylareed.com. You can also visit my website at twylareed.com, brokenwingsinc.org, or um, the conquerorscafe.com as well. And also, for those that are listening, um, uh, this interview will be placed on the Conference Cafe website as well. So you will be able to go back and check it out and listen, let your friends know, as well as the Conference Cafe um, Facebook page as well. So uh, we do not have any other callers in, so I do want to thank the callers uh, that did come in. Um, you will still be able to drop questions in the comments on the Facebook page because the interview will be posted on the Conference Cafe Facebook page. So if you have questions that you uh, may not want to ask openly um, on the radio, please contact us and let us let us connect with you. Let us help you. We pray with you, just talk to you, give you some encouragement, and, uh, and, and you know, just drop some wisdom, nuggets of wisdom to help you on your own caregiver's journey. And I want to thank you, ladies, uh, again, Ms. Barbara Williams, Ms. Jill Armijo, Ms. Paralene Campbell, Ms. Tamara Newborn, and Ms. Arbanese Reed. It has been an honor having you ladies on the show tonight. I pray that each of you will continue uh, just being the light that you are in the caregivers community, spreading awareness. Uh, just um, educating, empowering, and enlightening those that you come in contact with. This has been an amazing project that we've worked on together, 
And um, I'm just so elated and, uh, and I'm thankful. Uh, this has really been just an amazing testament of hope and healing. And I know that our book, Confessions of a Caregiver, it is going to bless the world. So before we close, uh, are there any last words from any of you? Thank you, Twyla, for the opportunity to work with you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I just thank want to say one thing. Thank you so much. And I feel like this project was just definitely a blessing. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. And so Absolutely. Uh, next uh, we're going to be, yes, uh, just make sure you connect with us um, if you're listening. Make sure you connect with us. Uh, all of us are available for speaking engagements. Uh, in in the, in the areas that we live in, uh, some of us are are open to traveling as well. Um, if you have book clubs, we are we are open to travel for book clubs, book signings, again speaking engagements, vending events, uh, you name it. Uh, if our schedule permits, uh, we can be there. So uh, thank you guys uh, again so much joining in. Again, it's been just an amazing show. I want to thank each of you once again for sharing uh, your testimonies, just opening up your heart and sharing your journey with our listeners on this evening. I want to personally encourage each and every one of you to keep pressing forward as you make an impact in the kingdom. Keep teaching and keep inspiring those that you come in contact with. And that is our show for this evening. Thank you all for listening to the Conqueror's Cafe radio show. Be sure to visit conquerorscafe.com to check out our resources for our shows as well as our bonus content. And while you are there, do not forget to subscribe to our website to stay updated on all of the great things that we're doing. We've truly enjoyed you all on this evening. Don't forget to join us right here every Sunday evening at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time for amazing testimonies of hope and healing. But before you go, I want you guys to remember that life can sometimes present a series of events that can lead us down paths in life that can become discouraging and be just full of frustration. We must remember that it is our relationship with God that sustains us when we reach our limit and we want to quit on this journey. You can do two things. You can stand firm and persevere, or you can give up and give out. You have the power to choose, and the choice that you make has the power to alter the course of your destiny for the rest of your life. Have an amazing week, everyone, and remember, to keep making the impossible possible by spreading your own broken wings as you continue soaring by the power of God, transforming your traumatic events into empowering moments. Today is release day of our book, Confessions of a Caregiver. Yes, we are now. The book is number one bestseller in three categories and also has made the top ten bestselling list in several others. So we, we want to encourage you guys to uh, continue supporting us. Thank you for supporting us. For those who have purchased the book, have purchased the download, the download right now is only $2.99. It won't be at that price for long. So make sure you connect with one of the authors to get your copy of Confessions of a Caregiver. Thank you guys so much for joining us. 
Until next time, I'm your host, Twyla Reed, your Tragedy to Strategy Mentor. For speaking engagements or consultation, please email me at info at And if you have a testimony of hope and healing that you would like to share with the world, let's connect. Good night, everyone. Take care. May God bless you and heaven smile upon you. a little bit, y'all. Come on, everybody sing it. I've got it.
Here we are. 